wait a second it's friday what's happening it's the day before halloween hello hi welcome to a very special halloween episode this uh ended up being a little longer than i thought it was going to be but you know what it's content it's great but this week th- today today we are reading call of the call of cthulhu by hp lovecraft and i hope you all will enjoy this fun little halloween special like an extra little teaser taster um before you start your halloween celebrations however you're celebrating this year with you know everything going on in the world i hope you still enjoy the holiday whether you stay inside and uh binge halloween town all of them like i'm probably going to do or you know you make yourself something nice whatever you do i hope you have a wonderful halloween and that you enjoy this episode of the barely bookish podcast Hello everyone! Uh, we are doing a very special Halloween uh, special? A very special Halloween special. Yep, that's what I'm going to go with. Uh, we are reading Call of Cthulhu, or The Call of Cthulhu by H.P. Lovecraft, a short story that I thought would be very different than it turned out being. And I am joined today by Nova. Hello! <laughs> so, we'll just you know, jump right into what I thought was supposed to be a horror story, which just turned out to be ramblings of a crazy man is <laughs> kind of what it felt like to me. I really was not scared. Like, I'm normally not someone who reads a lot of horror. So usually when I do read horror, I'm like, oh, this is freaking me out. I'm going to have nightmares. And I literally was reading this and I was like, okay. <laughs> I felt like I was being like told about a horror story. And I was like, yeah. Okay, where is it? <laughs> I know. I'm I, felt, <laughs> I know. I felt like I was reading if you could somehow report a horror story in a textbook. You know? Yeah, yeah. That, that's kind of what I was going with here. I was like, uh, okay. Like, I am not freaked out, but should I be? Yeah. Like, should, like, it was very much like that. Like, the really only part where it felt more horry was like towards the end. Mm-hmm. Where it was kind of more in detail of what was going on. And it was like, okay, now we're getting there. And then it, yeah. like, ended. It was like, wait a minute. I know. Now I'm like, okay, okay, I can see. I can get where we're going with this. I'm about to be freaked out. And then it was like, and I hope I don't die. And I was like, okay, <laughs> we're just going to leave it there. Like, thanks yep. for that, I guess. You know, I I feel like I was teased, you know. I got, like, a little, like, tidbit of the scary and i was like okay here it goes it's gonna be scary and then they're like and goodbye thank you thanks for coming out and i was like cool that's what i wanted to happen i wonder if like i don't know i know like a lot of his short stories are connected like he's made like his whole like own mythology and whatnot in like his collection so i wonder if like maybe it links elsewhere i don't know i haven't read like anything else of his so like yeah. i have no idea yeah, but i did feel like it was one. just like here you go here have like a little drop and then bye i know <laughs> literally i haven't this is the first one i literally have this entire book and for everybody that's listening i will show a picture of this later but it's uh the canterbury classics tales of horror so i have like a giant thing which is beautiful and i love it i've literally owned it for like two years and i still haven't 
Reddit. Like, <laughs> the whole thing. Like, this is the first time I've cracked that bad boy open to read Call of Cthulhu. It, it's very pretty. I see you share photos of it. I'm like, ooh. Look at the I need inside. <laughs> Hold on. Look at this. The inside art. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yes. It's beautiful. It's on both the front and the back inside. Well, I love and it's the got gold. Like, yeah, it's gold. Yes. <laughs> what is that called? Deckled? Deckled? I think it's I think. just painted. I don't know. I think deckled edges are technically when it's like that uh, not uniform pages. Yeah, it's like when they're all choppy. and. Yeah, I love that. I feel like I'm reading an old manuscript when I got deckled edges. <laughs> I like it now. I used to hate it. I oh, used really? to try and cut it off. <laughs> no! <laughs> I just did not like it as a kid. Now I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. <laughs> I remember Series of Unfortunate events when they had those like edges and I was like yes this is it I am pristine I am the visionary of literature like I just as soon as I got one of those books with like the fancy edges I just felt like an old researcher you know where it's like I had to crack it open to tell people the mystery of the world I don't know I just felt fancy I love that (laughs) yeah just suddenly get like gain of doctorate in something like medieval studies (laughs) (sighs) okay so part one is the horror and clay and like let me just read the quote directly out of this the first thing that it says because it's just kind of wild so i'm just gonna straight up read it i hope this is not copyright infringement and if it is i swear i'll take it out so just let me know i'll re-edit this entire thing to take this out um of such powers or beings, there may be conceivably a survival, a survival of a hugely remote period when consciousness was manifested, perhaps in shapes and forms long since withdrawn before the tide of advancing humanity, forms of which poetry and legend alone have caught a flying memory and called them gods, monsters, mythical beings of all sorts and all kinds. And this quote is by Algeron Blackwood. And, like, what a strong start. Like, first of all, this low-key makes no sense. I'm going to be honest. You read this straight out and you're like, what are we getting into? What's happening? It sounds like ramblings of a madman. Like, right off the bat, you're like, all right, everybody in this is about to be crazy. Because this just, you know, it's just words. Fancy words thrown onto a paper. Like, did you feel that way when you first read that quote? Yeah, I was like, what is, why is this connected? I was like, um, question mark. I know. I was like, okay, we'll just like get into it and just forget about that for now. Yeah, I was like, all right, we'll throw that on the back burner. I'll come back to that later. Yeah. Once you get to the end, you're like, okay, I get it now. But like when I first read that, I was like, these are pretty words. Or what's that quote when it's like, um, I like your funny words, magic man. (laughs) <laughs> That's what I felt like reading it. It, it does. Out. It just feels like it's kind of like thrown together. And it's just like, here yeah. you go, have a quote. And it's like, okay, okay, okay. I know. It's I like most, most quotes like at the beginning of a chapter lay the groundwork of like what you're about to experience. And like this did not lay the groundwork. This just was like, all right, I'm a prepared to be confused, you know? Like, I'm going to jump into this like I'm reading Shakespearean literature, I guess. We're not going to have any idea what's happening. We're just going to experience it all together. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. I was just like, I'm just going to throw logic out the li- window here, I guess. I don't know what's going on. 
begins by telling us that humans cannot correlate all of their thoughts together. And, like, once humans can piece together their knowledge, they'll either go mad or flee towards ignorance. And I was like, yeah, okay. (laughs) Like, strong start, I guess. Just call us all morons right off the (laughs) get-go. And the narrator says that they accidentally... First of all, he never tells us the name of the narrator. Did you notice that? I did. It's just kind of... He just goes through and tells a story and doesn't mm-hmm. really... We get the other characters' names, but not no. whatever his name is. Yeah. And it's like, so I guess we're just supposed to be like, this is some nameless, shapeless man. Or he didn't write his the narrator's name so he, quote, wouldn't be found, maybe? I don't know. I was maybe, because like, that is like a big thing of... Yeah. Oh, now I know all this stuff. They're coming for me. I know. And I was just like, all right, nameless, shapeless human being, I guess. With, <laughs> you know, to me, I'm like, I can't even picture what you look like in my head because you don't even have a name. So it's like, you know, because you always go with the name and you like very specific names have very specific caricatures. Like a Chad is always a frat boy. A Karen is always a middle aged white woman with a soccer mom haircut, you know. I need to like describe you in my head but now I just have this shapeless figure of the narrator (laughs) he's just there yeah he's just existing hanging out doing nothing (laughs) for nobody I guess so the narrator says that they accidentally pieced together the knowledge of quote the thing unquote and that they would never knowingly supply anyone else the same information which why are you writing it down like you're saying oh i'm never gonna give anybody this information and then you write this down which then shows up in this book later on i know i thought it was funny like even at the end it was like oh i'm gonna have happens to me this will be destroyed then why do it literally i just like what's the point What's the point of writing for the sake of writing? Like, the best-kept secrets stay in your head, you know? You don't just... You're like, oh, I'm going to write down the secret Illuminati password. No! Like, that stays in your (laughs) head. You know, you don't write it down, because if it's written down, anybody can find it. Exactly. There's no hiding place that's as good as your brain. Like... (laughs) uh, that part. Like, oh my goodness. Yeah, that annoyed me. I was like, don't write it down then. So simple. (laughs) Um... So then the narrator jumps into the story of his, quote, grand uncle, which I've always called it great uncle. Like, yeah, me too. Okay, like, I was like, grand uncle, like, weird. But I don't know if that's an American thing, calling it a great uncle, or if people actually say grand uncle, or that's like one of those things that's died over the centuries kind of thing. It's know. possible. I think this was like 1920s he did this. Yeah. So it could so just too. be like also a change in dialect over the years. Yeah, maybe. I wonder if it'll tell me in here. Well, it says that this book was made and compiled in 2017, so I have no answers. <laughs> I think yeah, I 19- was like, because I was looking it up, like stuff about it. Mm-hmm. And I think it was like 1920s, like eight or something maybe yeah somewhere in there yeah it feels right because that would make sense of the way he refers to human beings is lesser than if it was in 1928 so yeah um 
So he tells the story of his grand uncle who died apparently rather suddenly because he took a long trek up a steep hill and then was, quote, jostled by a nautical looking Negro, unquote. And I just, first of all, this description, ah, there's a lot going on there. Nautical looking. So we understand that this is a black man, but what does nautical looking mean? Does that mean he's a pirate or is he a sailor? Or like what makes someone nautical looking? That's what I thought. Because I thought like um, nautical has something to do with sailing. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, it just must be like sailor. (laughs) Yeah. But it's like like, it's a weird description to use. Because I don't know what like usually if you think of someone that's like by the ocean a lot I can't even like frame that in my head as being like what would describe someone that's by the ocean a lot you know yeah I I always think like (laughs) sailor like the blue and white striped like shirt Mm. and like (laughs) it was like dark pants I think I don't know I used to see in cartoons all the time so like as soon as someone says sailor that's what my head goes to I think so, like that's goes, what I pictured, and I was like, okay. <laughs> I go to loose white top with those zigzags and like bell sleeves. <laughs> like that's all I've got. Otherwise, I'm like, what makes you nautical looking? If you're not if you're not wearing that shirt, you could be anybody, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right, so we're going white shirt or blue and white striped shirt with the zigzag tie front situation. <laughs> Um, and also jostled by, like, did they get in a fight or did he casually kind of bump into this man and the uncle died? Like, I don't know what jostled as a descriptor means, you know, because yeah, it's very was, big. Yeah, that was weird. I know he kind of mentioned it, this incident later on, which mm-hmm. kind of described it a little better of, like, his thought of what actually happened. But, like, yeah. jostled, it just sounds like they, like ran into each other on the road like oh yeah shoot Oops, sorry, sorry bye <laughs> yeah. Didn't mean to, like run into you yeah and then he just like dies like okay i know he's like not a good he doesn't describe these deaths very well because it's like i can't figure out even with the later death i'm like did they get in a fight did they like it just doesn't just he doesn't describe it at all he's just like slightly jostled and you can like can you uh <laughs> elaborate please i get this is a short story but i think you could spare like five words to tell me that they got in a small fight or they casually just were passing each other and ha- like shoulder checked each other like i just i need a little bit more description here yeah exactly it's it was just not enough to really get the idea of what happened yeah i had to read it like six or seven times because i was like wait i know <laughs> i know i kept like rereading it and i'm like no just jostled like i did he go up and shake him in the shoulders? Like, you just didn't describe this at all. And, like, if all these people are dying, I feel like you should describe their death a little bit to, like, give me that fright. Otherwise, I think anybody that shoulder checks me, I'm going to die now. Like, Yeah, really. Oh, I, I'm going to bump into somebody and have a heart attack. Oh, yeah. man. Maybe and I should like, avoid the public. <laughs> yeah, literally. Quarantine is uh, now our friend because we're all avoiding the public together. Ah, yes, then then we're good. We can't be jostled and killed. <laughs> I just... 
you know, he describes everything else so elaborately. I just don't understand how he won't describe someone's death. I know. It's just like, I feel like that's a big part. And then it's just like, oh, he died. <laughs> I know. It's like a whole in-depth about how humans can't, like, discover anything. They just exist and they can't make connections in their brain. And then he's like, after that, you know, this man just casually died. As you do. What? Your words are being put into the wrong paragraphs. Please. I know. I'm like, use your uh, word count a little bit later in the next paragraph and tell me how this man died. Because that's what I need to know. <laughs> exactly. Like, you know, I am not scared by the lack of human understanding. I'm more trying to figure out how this guy died so I can possibly avoid death. But... Yeah, we, we kind of right. know about the uh, human condition. We don't need to be told. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've, I've read enough science. I understand that I am one small fraction of humanity. Um, but please move on so I can, you know, figure out how this man died. Exactly. <laughs> so after giving absolutely no description, um, the narrator goes... Um, starts going through his things and arranging his estate when he finds a locked box, which he then opens by using the ring his grand uncle always wore. First off, how did he even get the ring? You know, did his grand uncle leave it at home that day that he died? Or after, you know, because usually if you wear a lot, sometimes you get buried with it. Yeah, you know? it's, I think it said he, like, he had it in his pocket. Mm-hmm. So maybe, like, he took it out of there after the guy died and was just like, oh, he had a ring in his pocket. Mm. But I, I didn't even really think about that part of it. I was just like, oh, he's really keeping secrets here. Yeah, <laughs> he wanted that ring to go with him. <laughs> I know. I'm like, okay, like, and also crowbars exist. You know, we have some options here. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I was confused as to how he even got possession of this ring. Because it doesn't sound like him and his granduncle were close by any means. The granduncle just happened to not have any kids. And he was the only person that took up the will to manage his estate. So I just was like, how did you even get this ring, you know? Yeah, really. So in this locked box, um, there were some weird clay thing plus notes and cuttings. The figure of the clay thing is, what does he keep calling it? A... a like, boss relief? Yeah, boss relief. I was like, I don't even know what that means. So I just call it clay thing or statue throughout my notes because I was like, I I don't know what that means. Like, I, I didn't understand what it was referring to at first. I was like, yeah. what is that? Like, what? Because... Yeah. It was just weird, like, such an odd word to describe it. I was mm. just like, can we just say statue? I know. <laughs> or, so like... of a bust before, you know? But boss relief, I was like, ah, those words don't mean anything to me. There's, like, a word for, like, when you make something out of clay before it gets fired. Like, I used to remember, like, in my ceramics class, we called it something. And now I don't remember. I'm like, why couldn't we have just called it that? yeah. But it's like, I I don't even know, was it, I guess it was still wet, right? Like, it hadn't dried yet, but it's still just a statue, or he could have called it an idol or anything like that. Like, 
calling it a boss relief i don't know if that was ever had meaning but it didn't have any meaning to me whatsoever yeah it might have been like one of those word things again of like time period it meant something back then and not so much here now (laughs) yeah possibly i was just like okay i don't know what that means but all right um so the figure is described as having a tentacle head, a grotesque and scaly body and wings. And the title of the note says Cthulhu cult. And you said this is pronounced a different way than you thought it was. How did you find out it was pronounced like Cthulhu or something else? It um, so I was looking up just like different pieces of it after I read it um, just mm-hmm. to see like what people might have said or anything. And I found it was like a quote from a letter from Lovecraft to another person that addresses the issue of how to pronounce it. Mm-hmm. And it is, he says, like, um, it's uh, the name of the hellish entity was invented by beings whose vocal organs were not like man's. Hence, it has no relation to the human speech equipment. The syllables were determined by physiological <laughs> equipment wholly unlike ours. Hence, they could never be uttered puffed perfectly by human throats and the actual sound as nearly as any human organs could imitate it or human letters record it maybe taking something like um kalalu well and like i I was listening to like videos of how to pronounce it and like yeah it's more like gargly than that (laughs) i'm like all right everyone google that at home try it because everywhere I've heard has been Cthulhu. And yeah. then I got to it and I was like, wait, this has been wrong. <laughs> Listen, this I'm going to say it now. <laughs> I think H.P. Lovecraft was one of those guys that's a Superman splinter. Like, he is so full of himself. He's like, it can't even be uttered by the human language. No one can understand me. I'm so deep and dark and brooding. And I'm like, dude, just admit that it's phonetically would be pronounced Cthulhu and the way that you're trying to make it sound just doesn't exist and it doesn't matter. Like even if you take out the T Mm -hmm. it sounds much more like how he wanted it to sound than what it looks like. Like it's pretty much if you take the T out it looks almost phonetically the same as what like it says and I'm like why would you put the T in then? Like are you just like throwing in things now? Like, if this is how you wanted it to be said, try and make it look like it. H.P. Lovecraft is trying to convince us that he didn't just make this entire thing up and that this actually exists. Like, there's no Cthulhu call. Because here's the thing. People inherently want to make the world a better place than they left it. No one actually legitimately wants to be evil and cause destruction without any sense of improvement, you know? So it's like... He's trying to convince us that there, all these people would worship a sort of quote-unquote deity that, um, you know, would bring about the destruction and the manslaughter of everyone around them, including themselves. Like, no one actually legitimately wants to believe and, like, leave the world a worse place than they found it. Like, every single person, like, as part of humanity wants to cause improvement, which some as an outsider looks upon it and says, like, that's not the way to go, but they all, everyone inherently tries to do it for, you know, good reasons. So it's like, 
he's trying to say that all these people would join a quote Cthulhu cult and that he just happens to be reporting on what everyone's actually doing and you know that Cthulhu truly exists but it's like then if Cthulhu did exist you obviously don't understand the basis of this religion because I can guarantee no one's following a giant water monster that you know wants to destroy and dismantle the entire world and government and all the people on it to then lead what nothing sheep like small animals <laughs> on the world like what like he he just every time he refers to cults he describes them as like the end of days you know and that they want to bring about the destruction of the world and i'm like you know cults are not all bad Usually, like, the ones that you see that are, like, oh, we need to, like, get rid of humanity is because they're concerned about, like, the planet and how we're yeah. affecting it. So they're, like, oh, we should just get rid of us because yeah. we're the issue. So it's not even, like, uh, oh, we just want to bring on destruction. It's a way of, like, saving the universe mm-hmm. is, like, how they have it. Yeah. So I think that's what bothers me with him trying to say, like, how to pronounce Cthulhu is, like... He acts like this is an actual religion that people would partake in worship, when in reality, it's like something he made up in his little brain. It just seems like, or at least he should have, when he wrote it, like, had something of, like, this is how you pronounce it. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember reading in the story, it was like, oh, it's just, like, all these sounds, but it sounded like this. Mm-hmm. Like, put it phonetically in, then, like, just throwing words together if you want people to understand it i know don't like make it harder for people to understand yeah give us that little index in the back because the thing is he's trying to write how these would sound he wouldn't spell it cthulhu unless it was pronounced cthulhu if you were trying to pronounce it cthulhu or however you said it you wouldn't put a t in there you would put like double o's you know like you would spell it phonetically because that's your only indication of how it would actually be spelled because you don't have the written language. Yeah, or, like, address it somewhere when he, like, put out the story that, like, the T is silent. Mm -hmm. Because even just saying that, like, completely, like, changes how you look at it. Yeah. Of, like, oh, it's not actually a T, and it's just, like, okay. (laughs) Especially since this letter was, like, 1934, it says... Mm-hmm. So he's just letting people think of whatever it is for, like, what, like, six years or so? I don't yeah. know math, so, like, we're guessing. <laughs> I know. And it, like, I, it should have been right with it. If that's how you mm-hmm. wanted it, like, even, like, in modern culture, you see it now um, in, like, they have a whole game that's the Call of Cthulhu. You see it in, like, other things, Cthulhu. It's like... That should have been addressed, like, from day one. I think he just, it the way it was spelled, he was like, okay, you know, this is it. And then he never thought about how it would be pronounced. You know, he liked the spelling of it, and he was like, all right, cool, we're good. And then he was like, publish it, and then people started saying it, and he goes, mm, don't like that. <laughs> what if, instead... I pronounced it very, like, gutturally, like, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> okay, go off, H.P. Lovecraft, but I'm not going to do it. Like, I'm going to call it Cthulhu. I'm not going to go ma- go make, like, garble sounds and hope that everyone knows what I'm talking about. Like, you can do that if you want, but I'm not going to do it. 
<laughs> but yeah, so Cthulhu cult. Moving on. So they also make mention of a witch cult. And I just, at this point, want to remind everyone that witches are not a cult. And I'm just going to throw that out there. And anytime that you are like saying that they're a cult, I'm just going to yell at you. Anyways, (laughs) I just, you can really see that H.P. Lovecraft has a very narrow look on the world right here. Because he just references everything as um, cult-ish, you know? Like, he talks a lot of trash about the voodoo religion here soon. Is it is voodoo's a religion, right? Or is it just a practice? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I always thought it was a practice, but it could be just a... a I, yeah. I don't really know. I haven't really, like, dived into it a whole ton. <laughs> yeah. I know, like, a little bit that you see, like, in, like, pop culture, but obviously that could be, like, completely backwards. Yeah. So I'm not 100% sure. I'm going to guess that it's a one of those that could be either, but I'm not going to make a generalized sweep of that because I'm not sure. But he talks a lot of trash about like voodooism and like witches and all that stuff. And he's like, because I think this, no, because this, um, because there's that Satanist scare. Um, what is that? What was that called? But, in, like, the 80s, where everyone was freaking out about um, Satanists. I forget what that's called. I'll think of it later, but <laughs> I'll edit it in, you know. For anyone that was wondering, it was called the Satanic Panic, and it took place in the 80s. And it was not a great time, and you can read all about it on the internet if you are interested in this topic. But I will get right back to the episode starting now. But, um... It seemed very much the same where anything that was like non-Christian or quote other, he was very not okay with. Like he was very freaked out about anybody that practiced any sort of uh, predating religion to like Christianity and Catholicism. Like, buddy, pagans have been around way longer than Christianity (laughs) has. So if anything is a scary religion, it could have been Christianity. But, you know, we won't go there, I guess. <laughs> He's I not know, ready like, for that conversation. I've heard a lot about how he just was not, like, a great guy and very has a lot of controversial and problematic stuff in his works. But obviously he still, like talked about because he is such a big step in horror and like cosmic horror and everything so people obviously refer to him because it is such of that building block of a genre but they're like okay (laughs) he's just not (laughs) nobody now i know i heard a little bit about like him being kind of you know um not a great person and I was like okay you know I'll just keep that in mind I'll keep it on the back burner and I'll think about it while I read you know so I can read it a little bit more critically but like I didn't even have to read critically it's right there in your face there's not a single woman 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 (laughs) you know in this entire story and because I was like okay like in my brain I am used to the 21st century where you know, 
you would at least counter a single female in the entire story. He did not talk about one. Every single character in this entire story was a male. Wasn't like, there, like, the wife at the very end of that, oh, yeah. like, sailor guy? That, like, he shows up and she's like, oh, he's dead. And then they're like, that's hey, it. here, do you want this? <laughs> that's, that, I was yeah. like, that's, I think that's the only female in it. Yeah, yeah. I was like... Okay, like, I did not have to think critically about this at all. Everybody is white. Everyone is male. Great. Love that. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much, yeah. He's just flat out just, here you go. Yeah, he's like, oh, woman can be human? Question mark? Uh, Other than wife? Question mark? Like, buddy, get it together. And, you know, he just, ugh. Okay, we'll get back into it, because I know I'm going to get to a couple parts in here where we'll have to break it down for a second, because a terrible trash bag human. (laughs) So, um, Henry Anthony Wilcox had been uh, the one to give his granduncle the statue, and apparently Henry is a super loner, but mostly because he tells really strange stories and it freaks everyone out. So Henry gave the statue to his granduncle and had asked him to identify the hieroglyphs that are on it. Um, the professor could tell that the statue had been newly created, so he was really annoyed with, um, you know, Henry coming up and asking about it because he's like, "Did you make this in your basement, buddy?" Because like, it's very new. Um. So after the meeting, the professor had an awful nightmare about a city covered in green ooze and chanting of Cthulhu Fetigon is my guess of what this is. But it's Cthulhu F-H-T-A-G-N. My brain says Fetigon. And that's as much as I'm going to try and pronounce it because I have no idea. Uh, who knows if he's just throwing in like random like letters that are silent it could be anything <laughs> yeah it could have just been a tickin you know or it could have been it <laughs> yeah <laughs> it could be anything we have be... no idea oh man but all i'm saying is if you if someone tells you something and you have no idea what it means you would spell it phonetically I don't understand why he's just like, oh, yeah, this is pronounced differently than it's written. No, it wouldn't be, because you have no idea what this means. So, obviously, you'd write all your notes phonetically. Yeah. I usually, like, I've noticed when people create, like, new languages for, like, fantasy or something, if it's not already written, like, phonetically, they include, like, oh, hey, this is how it works. Yeah. Just so you know. (laughs) Yeah. And it's just like, why? Why couldn't he have done this? It, mm-hmm. With everything that he s- says, writes in this, mm-hmm. you'd think it would have at least something to go off yeah. of. It's like he says he hears the words in his dream. So it's like if you're hearing the words, you would have no idea how it would be spelled, except for phonetically in whatever language you already speak. So it's like if you're yeah. if you speak German... And you're hearing chanting. You're not going to write that in English because you, like, if you don't know English, you know, because you would have no idea how it would be spelled. So I just don't understand why he wouldn't spell it phonetically. I I can't keep going on this tangent. I'm just annoyed about it. (laughs) So, okay. So he goes back and questions Henry. And Henry doesn't know anything about the cult. So he asks him to report all of his dreams. So Henry gives daily reports of his dreams, and the most common he 
uh, words he hear he hears are Cthulhu, and every time I read it, I say Riley. Yeah, that's what I was doing. I was like Riley. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like there that's definitely like, not what it is, but it'd be like Riley or Lie. You know, yeah. I don't know. This is now turned into a podcast of me just repeating phonetically. But, you know, phonetically, again, you would not put R apostrophe L-E, uh, L-Y-E-H, you know, because phonetically that means nothing. So it's like, where did the apostrophe come from, buddy? Like, are you seeing visions of the way these words are spelled or what's making driving you to spell it this way? Because that's not phonetic at all. Yeah, exactly. Like, it just, it doesn't make sense. I was so confused every time he'd, like, they had to chant farther down was like mm-hmm. all right now and i was like i'm just gonna skip over it because i don't I even want to try <laughs> i know it's like these are garbo words these are uh mumbles i have no idea what this means so i just skipped over it and looked at the translation first of all how they even translate it that's my next question because this isn't like from my understanding this has no basis in any sort of language because it predates human speech for whatever reason so it's like if how would you even translate this? You know, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I was getting, um, I like wrote down multiple times, especially towards like the third part. I was like, aliens? <laughs> I know. That's basically <laughs> what it sounds like. Like, there's know. just so many like bits and pieces that I was like, I think this is almost like alien esque. Because mm-hmm. he says like, it came from the sky. So. Yeah, I'm like, which would explain the weird, like, syllables, but, like, still you wouldn't know how to, like, write them. Yeah, so after that, Henry suddenly got sick and has remained unconscious. After Henry recovered, he has no more dreams at all and became useless to the professor. Which, like, Henry's lucky, going off of what else everybody else experienced after this. You know, Henry gets to live and everyone else is dying all around him. So, I know and even like when he was like in his like feverish state, it said something like the other artists in the building was like in some kind of delirium and mm-hmm. almost like experiencing stuff. So yeah. it's almost like he was affecting everybody else as well. And then it just stopped. And like that was when I was like, is this like a paranormal entity? I know. I was like Because I was like that sounds very paranormal supernatural kind of thing mm-hmm. yeah so the professor questions henry's friends to see if anyone had similar nightmares and all his sciency friends uh didn't and some people had uneasy nightmares that never took form and uh that was during the time that henry was sick but his artist friends however reported truly bizarre dreams uh someone apparently went quote violently insane as you had mentioned um on the day that henry had a seizure and fell ill so first of all why did the science quote you know logical unquote type people not have any nightmares but for some reason cthulhu cares about your profession enough to only give nightmares to the uh artist people like yeah that was weird to me i was like questioning that as well i was like does it have to do something with like left and right brain dominance because i know like there was something i don't know if it's still like scientifically correct when i was younger it was like artists and creative people use one side of their brain more Mm -hmm. and then like logic uses the other side more 
So I was like, yeah, is it I've something with that? I was like, that's the only thing I could think of that, like, not everyone was affected. Or th- especially when it's, like, science versus artists. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's like, really weird. Like, there's got to be some kind of divide there. I know. I was like, so okay. Like, and also, why does this guy that they say is pretty much crazy have science friends? Because he says, yeah. like, no one wants to talk to him. Everyone thinks he's really weird. And suddenly he has, like, sciencey friends, which I was like, okay. Like, interesting. Yeah, that was really, like, weird, especially. Yeah. So, part two the tale of Inspector Legrasse? Legrasse? I was, I was thinking, like, Legrasse. I think it's probably related to French. Yeah. Just because of New Orleans. So that's what yeah. I was pronouncing it as. <laughs> yeah, I, I did not do well in my French classes. So, you know, I'm going to just pardon myself here until someone could tell me how it's actually pronounced. Because apparently, even though this book says it's phonetic, nothing's phonetic. But it's fine. I'm not going <laughs> to get too but- hurt about it. Only a little bit. <laughs> so now we've shifted scenes to 1908 um, 17 years ago when the professor went to a conference um, many people come to him during the entire conference to like get advice I guess and one person really stood out and he was an expe- inspector of the police who uh, brought a weird old statue which first of all <laughs> This entire thing is just like this cop comes to a conference, shows up, and is like, hey, look at my statue. Like, <laughs> would you not make some call as a police officer before I just show up to an archaeology conference? I think I would make some calls in the area. You know, it didn't say that he had any sort of ideas or that he had made any calls previous to this, you know? Like I, this would be like a last resort type thing for me, like showing up at some random conference with a bunch of college professors and be like, hi, look at my, you know? Yeah, it, like it said he was like talking to some of the people that were there, but they were like, no, we're not telling you anything. Yeah. So it, like maybe that was like him, like his last scenario was going there, but obviously we don't get that because it's short (laughs) yeah but it was like you know you would think that he'd go and check things out first Mm -hmm. this section kind of confused me too because like the timeline was weird Mm -hmm, like it talks about the professor like talking about it and then it was like right back into like it happening yeah i was like wait where am i (laughs) time right now a lot of flashes I have a lot of inherent problems with this as well. So, like, we'll just, I'm going to start going through it and then I'm going to keep pausing as I talk about my uh, grievances with (laughs) this entire plot right now. So, the statue had been captured during a raid on the, a quote, voodoo meeting, unquote. And first of all, what right does a police officer have barging into someone's, you know, ceremony of sorts you know because we don't have any context right now so I I was immediately angry that like a cop thought he could just you know come in to a whether it's a religious or ceremonial gathering of people and just steal something and break it apart you know we get a little more context later on but I was just immediately mad about this 
Yeah, I was like, why are they raiding it? Like, I was like, there must, I was like, was there something else going on there that they thought yeah. something was happening? Because, like, why would you just go, it's not like you'd go raid a church and, like, take mm-hmm. the cross off the wall and run away with it. I know. It. <laughs> it's like, I was like, uh, okay, can we have a little more detail? Like, mm-hmm. or is this just really how you think of the voodoo culture of, like, oh, it's just so bad, we're just going to send the police in anyway? I know. I just, I guess, I don't know. Maybe it's just the 2020 world that we're in. But as soon as I saw that they had, quote, raided a religious practice, I was like, great. So things have really not gotten any better, you know? <laughs> I was just, of course they would. That's a thing to do, I guess. And just steal a statue that doesn't belong to you as, quote, evidence. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like I'm not surprised, but I was still angry about it. So, and then let me just read this quote directly out that he says next. Quote: They had stumbled on a dark cult, totally unknown to them, and infinitely more diabolic than even the blackest of African voodoo circles. Unquote. He literally wrote this in the book. Yeah, I I highlighted that, and I was like, okay. (laughs) I'm just going to read my note that I wrote right after that. Please be more racist, H.P. Lovecraft. It wasn't nearly obvious enough with this statement alone. Yeah. Like, okay, I get that in magic circles, there's technically white magic and, you know, black magic and then gray magic. Like, I get that. But I have a feeling that he was not referring to white magic and black magic in the, quote, blackest of African voodoo circles. I have a feeling that he was referring to um, other things. And I, it does not sit right with me. This entire statement makes me uncomfortable. I do not like it. I, and also, voodoo is not inherently evil. Like... <sighs> You can really, if you pull apart any of any religion, any practice, anything, you can see the good and bad of all of it. But it's like people like to, especially in pop culture, pop culture, take a religion that they do not understand and that they do not have any intention of understanding and turn it into something inherently evil. And it's like this is what he's doing with any sort of religion that's not um, Christian based. And it really bothers me. Like it really bothers me throughout the entire story is just the amount of times that he has to take someone's religion and someone's not, I don't even, I'm sorry. I don't know that voodoo is a religion, but someone's, I guess culture is the best way that I know how to describe it and just turn it into something evil. And every single time that he references it, he references it in an evil context. And it just really irks me. Yeah. Cause every, like even every religion and every like culture has just usually like, what it is, and then the people who take it too far. Who, like, turn it into something it's not and make it to the point where it's, like, just something completely wrong. Like, um, Muslims and terrorists. Like, everyone immediately assumes that, like, Muslims are terrorists. It's like, it's not. Like, they're not. It's just those select few people who just go haywire with it, and now it's like, oh, now all of you are like that. And it's like, no. Well, it's like the bigots <laughs> no, in Christianity, you know? You can say yeah. the same thing about Christianity. There's this, um, uh, what is it, Westboro Baptist Church, 
Oh my god, yes. <laughs> yeah. Like those are horrible, horrendous people. It doesn't mean that all of the Christian religions and um, everything that's enco- encompassed in those are terrible religions. But obviously, and with everything, there's a select few that are horrible and so horrendous that it, um, it like, you know, hates the rest of it. Yeah. So like, that's just, what people think of now. It's, they're like, mm-hmm. oh, that's what it is. Like, oh, why? Yeah. West, Westboro? Yeah. Yeah, Westboro. It's Christianity. Terrorists is Muslim. And, like, it just goes through all of them. And mm-hmm. it's like, you know, you get maybe, like, one dark cult in, like, voodoo. And it's like, okay, well, now they're all that. It's yeah. like, no. no. It's like there's not, <laughs> not enough. There's not enough quantity of people to stand up for these other cultures. Whereas, you know, there's a, a lot of the world is Christian because of the uh, forced colonization of the world. So there is a large amount of people that will be like, well, not all Christians, but, you know, you can't do that. There's not enough people that can do that with the other cultures where people just readily believe that um, these other religions and these other cultures are inherently evil because they won't believe the small minority of um, people that are unlike them and they see as other, which I just think is trash. And it's like really <laughs> thrown yeah. in your face throughout H.P. Lovecraft's work that he thinks that these other cultures are just inherently evil. And I'm like, buddy, yeah, get a grip. Yeah, doesn't back. It's just yeah. like, here you go. And it's, it's like, no, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like, no. get a grip, buddy. Like, it's really bad. So, um, moving past that and his inherent racism throughout this entire story, everyone at the conference uh, passes the figure around so that they can analyze it. And in analyzing the statue, they realize that they don't even know what material it's made out of. Like, it's not a material that anyone's seen before. And, like, these are, quote, the great white minds <laughs> of the time. <laughs> um who probably only look into Western civilizations and the world that the Western civilizations grew into. But, you know, we'll, we'll just, you know, brush on past that because that's another long podcast of a couple of hours that <laughs> I don't even really want to get into. I'm just aggravated, but it's fine. Um, so the only person at the entire conference who had any kind of knowledge was uh, someone named Professor Webb, who studies anthropology. Um and Professor Webb apparently came across a cult of, quote, devil worshippers, unquote. And I just, okay, again, <laughs> I, I can't even leave this alone. I can't get through one sentence of this book without getting mad. Like, he just assumed anybody that doesn't worship, you know, God is a devil worshipper. And, like... Cthulhu is other. Cthulhu isn't the devil. So it's like he's just looking at anybody that's just not practicing a religion that he understands as devil worshippers. Like that bothers me because it's like you're not understanding the world or anything that predates what your own knowledge is. Like you cannot be a studier of the world and religions and, you know, everything around it and assume that anything that's like what you haven't heard of is devil worship i just do not like it it annoys the living daylights out of me it bothers me a lot (laughs) i wrote down right next to like around that section it was like we fear what we do not know (laughs) yeah that's literally what happens is this entire book is just him fearing something that's other 
something that he doesn't understand. And it's like, that does not scare me. I am interested in things that I don't understand. Whereas H.P. Lovecraft is like, oh, you don't understand this. So it is inherently evil and bad. And you're like, no, like either tell me what it is so I can make that judgment call myself or just do not put your biased, like lack of understanding and ignorance into the world, you know? Yeah, it's one thing to like, fear like the unknown it's another to like just flat out be like it's terrible yeah like, like flat out just like he goes oh they were practicing devil worship like you don't mm-hmm. know what they were practicing yeah like, so, they, you know it could be some weird yeah. like they're worshiping god but it's just not what you think it is mm-hmm. so now it's immediately devil worship and it's like i know you gotta take the moment to stand it like, like even if it is like a it. scary thing like yeah you know there are scary things out there but like it's not bad just because you don't know what it is Mm -hmm. yeah it's like how people are all about how satanists worship the devil where they literally don't like if you look into what they actually (laughs) worship they are called satanists because christians didn't understand what they were practicing and it's like i feel like the same thing's happening here like they're just using devil worshipers as a like umbrella term without actually investigating what's going on and it just annoys me because i'm like i would like to learn more i am interested i'm intrigued tell me your stories and do not gatekeep from me you know and he's like i'm just gonna throw this under the uh word devil worship and you guys will just believe me because i am all knowing and i'm like no no i won't (laughs) thank (laughs) you yeah exactly uh, and then he says they apparently pract- participate in human sacrifices, which I'm like, of course, you know, <laughs> anything that's just like, I just, every time they just throw out human sacrifices, I feel like they expect me to go, oh no, the horror. But I'm like, do they, do they really? Or are you just telling me that they participate in human sacrifices? Cause there's a line there, you know, like there's a. You know, you could say they participate in human sacrifices, but, like, are they dead? Can you name the people who are involved? Or are you just saying that because yeah. it's something you don't understand? Yeah, it's almost like a, um, I want to make this as scary as possible and so far from my religion that I'm just throwing it in there and not being like, yeah. this is actually a part of their thing. And, like, yeah. like it's one, like, if he wasn't so just like you said, umbrella terming everything, Mm -hmm. I'd be more like, okay, maybe, like, yes, they are doing this human sacrifice, but it's because he's just so, like, against it. It's like, okay, are they really now? It feels like a very colonizer mindset, you know? Yeah. It's like, everyone has to believe what I believe, and if you don't, then you're bad, and it's just, so I'm like, human sacrifice, really? Like, tell me their names, okay? Like, I want to know who was sacrificed, because I don't believe you at all. I know, like, I'm like, I'd be intrigued if that's what they were actually doing. And then it's like, like for what motive, you know? Like, yeah, why? Yeah, exactly. It's like, you gotta tell me why. Like, why are mm-hmm. they human sacrificing? Is this some, like, like, why? <laughs> yeah, are we sacrificing the humans to, uh, so that they can then live forever in the other worlds? Or, like, what are what's the point you know if there's no point exactly. to it, no one just like sacrifices them for fun you know like yeah. is it so that the rest of the populace can then get immortality like mm, 
Yeah, there's some mo- there's got to be some motive because like offerings is usually like fruit of like the harvest and like mm-hmm. a pig or a goat or something. It's not mm-hmm. oh hey let's take our kid and just like throw them in the fire, you know? Yeah, <laughs> or it's like even fun o- like people do in their modern practices fun offerings of like cool things they found on the ground, you know, cool rocks or like money, you know. It's like humans. No one want like think about it. If you're a deity, why? What benefit do I have of having a dead human? Nothing. There's no benefit that could serve me. Cool rocks. Now I have a cool <laughs> rock. You know, exactly. or like money. Now I have material wealth. Cool shirts. I now have a cool shirt. But it's like a dead human. You're like great. I didn't want Chad. Just throw him back. You know, like yeah. what? That doesn't serve me anything. All you really get out of it is like the heart of the person that did it like now you know oh hey this person's just willing to do whatever Mm -hmm. and it's just like like i remember um because i was raised christian there's one where god was like oh you gotta sacrifice your kid and so the guy was like oh oh crap yeah he's like well i guess i gotta do this and so he went to go do it and god's like no 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 (laughs) i didn't like no just go get the goat i tied a goat up around the corner go get that instead he's like i was just testing you i don't actually want you to kill him yeah, and you're like, okay. I was like, oh, okay, well. I'm like, it's a good thing he didn't actually want it, but it's like, yeah. it was well, a test. It's a good thing that God didn't come in five minutes later, and then you'd have a dead <laughs> son, and then you'd be like, oh. Yeah, really, it's like, oh, okay. It's just like, I don't know any, like, deity that would want, like, human sacrifice, really. Yeah. Except maybe, like, I don't know, like, it's even, just hard. It would be like a test almost. Like, yeah, will you like, do it? Even Hades, you know, God of the underworld, he's God enough. You know, he doesn't need another one. It's like there's really no purpose that a human soul can serve any sort of deity when they can just access them anyways. Like, Yeah, exactly. It's just like there's no reason besides, I guess, testing them and seeing if they yeah. follow you through. And at that point, it's like then – just stop it. <laughs> I know. I really just think he was um, going on like devil hysteria and just could not understand that there's religions outside of his own that exist without being inherently evil and it just annoys the living dead. Yeah, that's what, that's what it sounded like to me was he's just yeah. like trying to make it sound as horrible as possible with no like meaning behind why they're doing what they're doing. Yeah, this is funny. I thought this was going to be like a quick 30 minute you know, <laughs> like little special because it's like, oh, I'll put this out on the Friday before Halloween and people can enjoy it. And I'm like, devil worship and everything and paganism and we're going to talk about it. And then, you know, now we're only halfway through and it's already an hour in. But it's fine. It'll be a very long Halloween special that everyone can enjoy. And yeah. <laughs> I noticed that. I was like, oh, wow. I did not think it was going to go no. this long. We're like halfway through. <laughs> I know. Anyways, so the police officer and the Professor Webb um, compare notes and they realize that the rituals are identical. First of all, Professor Webb is hearing this all secondhand. Not even secondhand, like third, at least third hand. What is third hand? 
second hand is someone that was actually there. I don't even know what you call it once you get to the third person. By that point, you can't trust anything because the second guy could have exaggerated and now the third guy's exaggerating to tell it to Professor Webb. Yeah, but it's like a poli- head game of telephone. <laughs> yeah, the police officer wasn't even at the ritual. He just shows up at the very end, starts breaking it apart. So how are they comparing notes of this ritual? Because neither was there. So he's like, yeah, they're comparing notes and they're realizing it's identical. No, you're not. Yeah, like, the only one that would have the knowledge would be, like, the officer, because he came in, like, in the middle of it. So, like, he'd hear things. Yeah, he'd hear things, and then he interviewed these people at the end. So it's like he would have more knowledge than Professor Webb, who has some random source that happened to have heard it from some man that says he knows what they're talking about when he could have gone completely off rumor like we don't know who this other guy's source is yeah exactly (sighs) like in this in this scene it's like almost like the police officer has more knowledge than the guy who's going to ask for help yeah so it's like like, okay (laughs) i don't know why the cop is still digging that's my thing i'm like buddy You've got your answers, you know? You you know what you know. You saw what you saw. Why are you still concerned? Like, what's this going to benefit you in any way? Like, you yeah. arrested the people that you think have caused this issue. What benefit do you have from finding out the whole, like, rest of this religion? Like, are they paying you as a cop to go investigate the rest of this? Like, I don't feel like th- that they want to uncover, uh, like, your police department in uh, New Orleans wants to uncover this entire conspiracy of the rest of this, uh, rest of this um, religion, you know? Yeah, it's like, unless there was something that would make them feel like they had to go search it out, like, they've got the people, they're... They'd probably put, like, the little statue or whatever they took into evidence and it would just go, like, in the back room and just be there yeah. until, like, 20 years down the road, they get another instance of the same thing and mm-hmm. just do the same thing over and over. Because unless, like, because I think it said that they had, like, bodies hanging. Like, the bodies are right there. You don't yeah. have to go investigating or asking anybody anything. So your investigation essentially is done. Yeah. So it's, it's like basically everyone like, admitted what's his to it. motive? I don't know. Like, I don't know if it's just morbid curiosity or if, like, it's just a plot thickener. Like, for some reason, this police officer needs to travel halfway across the United States to go talk to people in San Francisco. No, not San Francisco. I don't know where this meeting is. But, like, why are you reaching out to all these professors to, you know, find this out when your investigation is done? Yeah, exactly. It just seems, like, so out of character and mm-hmm. even if it had just been like you know he was curious and he heard this was going on and thought hey i'll take it from evidence it's mm-hmm. like even that gives you more answers yeah. than what's on the page because it's like at this point the police are losing funds to follow this dead end and this trail that shouldn't lead anywhere because it has no connection to what happened you know i don't know so um, they share the words that the people chanted, but I'm only going to share the translation, which was in this house, in his house at Riley, dead Cthulhu waits dreaming. And for some reason, they continuously chanted this over and over and over, which is, it doesn't even make for a ritual. Okay. You're just saying a phrase and it's just, you know, ending. 
Yeah. Like, I think, was it in this? I can't remember. It's if I thought at some point it was, like, it came back to, like, the lore of, like, they came from the stars and, like, it had to mm-hmm. align first. And so, like, they were waiting for them to align so he could wake up. Yeah. And that was, like, the left dreaming part. But it was just, like, what the, like, it just made no sense. And then, like, how you said before, like, how did they translate it? Yeah. Like, who it's, could do that? I don't know how they translated it, first off. Second of all, if it's a ritual, you don't just repeat one line of text over and over and over and over again. You know, there's usually a sort of story or some sort of floor, uh, flow, I mean. Or if it's a ritual, you're try- you're doing it to cause something to happen. So you would speak into words what you want to happen. You know? It's not like... Like... Okay, most of us are familiar with Christian religions. So think about in like your Catholic mass when they do first communion, they say how they want the uh, body to turn into wine and, you know, the or the body to turn into bread and his blood to turn to wine. You know, you speak into what you want to happen. This doesn't say anything. Yeah, like, it, it, it's just like a saying that... Mm-hmm. Like, why would you say it over and over again? It would make sense if it's, like, this is what is, um, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> it just, like, <laughs> yeah, I feel that. it makes sense if almost, like, it was, like, part of, like, almost, like, a song that you kind of, like, mm-hmm. say over again. Um, I get it as a mantra or, like, a basis, but, like, but, it like, doesn't make sense in a ritual. Yeah, there should be a lot more to it. And it mm-hmm. sounds almost like it's part of almost like a prophecy type thing, which yeah. that's usually not repeating the same thing over and over again. It's yeah. like a chunk. So unless they were saying like the whole thing over and over again, and that's the only part they got, like that would yeah. make sense. But it's like, it doesn't sound like that. It sounds like it's, it's just this. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense because as a ritual, you're driving something to happen. You do a ritual to... You know, you do a ritual to get rain for your next harvest. You do a ritual to have a good growing season. You know, you do all these different rituals so that, like, you create the future that you want. What does this say? This doesn't say anything. It says the current state of things in which, you know, you would have no reason to have a ritual if you're just repeating what's currently happening. That's just a news bulletin. That's not a ritual. Exactly. (laughs) We can talk all day about what's currently going on, but if you're creating a ritual, you're either trying to wake up Cthulhu, in which the wording would then be different, or, you know, you wouldn't be doing something just keeping it the same. It doesn't make any sense. Like, I really don't think he understands religions outside of his own, or that he could think critically enough to be like, okay, if I'm creating this entire religion, this entire ritual, what do you need? What's the basis? Yeah. You know, he did not go and deep dive into that. And I think that's what inherently bothers me because it's lazy writing. Yeah, because Christianity, as far as I know, doesn't really have rituals. Like, you pray for things. Mm-hmm. But, like, you can do that at home by yourself. It's not like you gather together and yeah. do that. But, like, that's sort of even praying for something is a type of ritual, you know? Yeah, it's, it, it's just not like a gathering like they have. Yeah. it's. I mean, churches, though, if you think about it. Yes, that's true. So it's like, 
But if I'm trying to create a religion, you know, I would analyze and do these certain things and then make it believable. This man didn't even try and make it believable. That's just how I feel. So anyways, um, they finally start giving some context. Apparently, um, in New Orleans, people were being terrorized and women and children disappeared overnight. Uh, the people thought that it was voodoo. And, okay, so I think the thing that bothers me is he says that the people that reported this were squatters. You know? So if you're trying to get rid of people, um, I would understand them trying to get rid of people that are squatting on their land. Like, I would get that. But, I don't know, this entire ceremony thing was just weird to me. Yeah, it was... Yeah, I... It just seemed weird how it all happened. It just did not seem like it had, like, a correct, not, I mean, not really a correct, like, like, I don't know, the best way I can describe it is, like, a train of thought. Like, it just kind of seemed scrambled in together, and it's, like, it didn't really feel, like, thought out enough to be believable, in a way. Yeah. And then, so, he says the police officer comes, and they're having a voodoo orgy, and in that moment, I was like, this H.P. Lovecraft does not know what an orgy is. Like, he just describes them as being naked and just outside (laughs) running around. I'm like, buddy, an orgy is a little bit different than what you think it is because they are not just naked. And, you know. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Uh. (laughs) I was like, that's not what you think it is, I guess. You innocent, innocent man. Um, Really? (laughs) Yeah, so the police officers get there, and apparently there's a ring of bodies and a ring of fire and people chanting. And this is not what every horror movie says that uh, cults are. I don't know what is. Like, this is so stereotypical. He's just like, cult activity. All right, what do I need? Fire, check. Human sacrifice, check. Chanting, check. All right, we're good. We got a cult now. Like, yeah. that's <laughs> basically what happened here. So, essentially, he says that these people uh, who did the ritual are of, quote, mixed blood, unquote. Which, what does this even mean? Like, obviously, I understand this means they're not white. But describing someone as mixed blood just seemed off-kilter to me. I was like, mm, that's a phrasing I've never yeah. heard. It was just weird. It was like, um, what do you mean by that? Because it could mean a ton of different things. Yeah. Like, it could mean that they're not, like, they're, like, a mix of, like, different races. It could mean, like, just everybody there is, like, a different, like, race, gender. Yeah. Like, you know, like, what do you mean by mixed blood? Like, it doesn't yeah. really describe it well enough. Yeah, I basically wrote that I feel like he was using this to write it off as saying these people weren't white and yeah. it made me think of him as even more of a dirtbag than I already thought he was. <laughs> because even when it describes the, all the different races, he just basically says, like, anything that's not white that he could seem to think of, he just wrote down that. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, these people worshipped, quote, the great old ones, unquote, which, um, sorry, <clears throat> Uh, came before man, and their dead bodies are now inside the earth and under the sea. Yeah. 
and like their dead bodies tell their secrets to dreams to men i was like this is where i was like okay i feel like we're getting into aliens yeah, but then it goes from saying that they're dead bodies to that that they have no human form and that they're hibernating. So I'm like, which is it? I know. It was weird. Like, I was like, okay, I can get the hibernating, but, like, then why would they be dead? Yeah. I'm like, there's... Is it like they're being, like, reborn when this comes along and they're not going to come back to that body? I really don't know. But that was, like, the first time I was like, okay, are we getting into, like, alien <laughs> stuff yeah. here? Because this really feels like coming from the sky. Yeah, and then, I like, really do think it's aliens. They have, like, paranormal tendencies mm-hmm. of, like, the guy, like, went in his, like, terror and got all these other people to feel it as well. Mm-hmm. I was like, huh. Yeah, I was like, okay, great. Like, Love to see it. So Cthulhu is said to be the priest and that would one day bring Earth under his sway. So I'm like, is he a priest or is he a ruler? Because those are two very different jobs with two different uh, needs, you know? Yeah, I was questioned because it sounded at first like he was one of like the old ones. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, no, he's not. He's almost like their guardian. Yeah. And then like further down, it was like he is like above all of them i'm like so is he one of them is he a god above them is he their guardian and just kind of like guards their sleeping place like yeah what are you actually supposed to be doing here he's wearing a lot of hats this must be like a small business it's mom and pop shop (laughs) and he's got to not only be the receiving manager but he also has to be customer service call center everything i'm kind of feeling bad for our homeboy cthulhu now because it sounds like he is um unappreciated in his work environment he got the short end of the stick and has to deal with it all He's good well, like, with the humans. <laughs> the other you know. ones just sleep. <laughs> yeah, everyone else gets to sleep, enjoy their years of nap time, and Cthulhu, our main man here, has to listen and try and communicate with humans for thousands and hundreds of thousands of years, and you know he's getting no appreciation from his supervisors. <laughs> Basic, or he is the supervisor, and all the employees are napping. <laughs> yeah, either way, you know. <laughs> Jeez, poor Cthulhu, man. Now I'm gonna get like someone makes that into a shirt. Let me know. I want the shirt that says "Poor Cthulhu." <laughs> Actually, wait, I kind of might make that a shirt. Hold on, if I can figure out how to make merch, that's gonna be the first one. Poor Cthulhu, and just like a sad little drawing caricature of like oh Cthulhu. Oh my god, that'd be adorable. Oh, I need it. I want to wear that. <laughs> I'll make a Patreon and one of my goals will be uh, merch. Everyone submit your drawing ideas. You know, that fan art, let me know. I want baby, <laughs> tiny, like, what is that called? A chi- chibi? I don't know. Yeah, I actually... something like that. Yeah. That's... Chi- something like, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, just send that to me at Barely Bookish on all the platforms. I want to see it. I want to make it my phone wallpaper. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So the great old ones are uh, being preserved in their houses by spells that Cthulhu cast on them to keep them alive while they wait for the world to, quote, be ready for them, unquote. Uh, They can only speak to mankind in their dreams. Otherwise, they cannot be understood. 
I wonder if that comes back to like why we get the pronunciation mm-hmm. of like maybe in the dreams they can like transcend that language barrier. Yeah. And so that's how people have figured it out because they're like, oh, I know what that means because I've I've heard it and like mm-hmm. I know it. But it also like yeah. still feels like a cop out. If you I can just, understand English enough to be able to uh like throw that into our brain I think you can do that all the time you know like you obviously have mystical enough powers to make people dream it I think you can just look them in the eye and speak into their brain it's the same like concept you know I I just thought of when you were like saying that like you know he was like watching them in their sleeping place Mm -hmm. and like he was guarding them the whole chant is like in his house he waits dreaming. Yeah. So, like, wait, is he asleep or is he not? Well, it says something about Cthulhu being dead, too. So it's like, if he's watching, if he's dead and dreaming like everybody else, who's watching all of them? Yeah. It's very confusing of what we're trying, we're supposed to, like... Believe, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) I just... At H- Can I do a Ouija board to H.P. Lovecraft? And be like, some questions, first off. One, how racist were you? Scale one to ten. Two, do you know that there's other religions outside of Christianity? And three, what? <laughs> At Cthulhu, what? Couple questions. First off, how do you try to persuade us that it's not pronounced Cthulhu? Are we supposed to imagine that they're getting like text in their brain so it's like written out? Because that's the only way that this would not be spelled phonetically. I don't. Yeah, exactly. Like, why? Just yeah. why? At this story, why? Yeah, literally. <laughs> and I just, I just feel like I should have live tweeted my reactions to it. Basically, I feel like that's what podcast is verbal live tweeting. That <laughs> <laughs> um, sounds about right. Yeah. So when they're all freed, uh, they're going, um, they're going to do is, quote, shout and kill and teach the humans how to do so. Like, I think we all know how to shout and kill people. Like, yeah, I, I think we've got that basis covered. So I'm not sure. Like, you're telling me there's no other incentive for human beings than to do something we already know how to do. Yeah, really. It's like, uh, okay. Yeah, and then... Why do we need you to tell us how to do that? Unless you, like, got some special way that we want to learn about? Like, you got some secrets in there. Okay, like... What's the secret sauce to murder? Yeah. (laughs) What's the recipe? How do we do it? How do we make it good? I mean, you know, if he killed... If Cthulhu really wants to take over the world and then he kills everyone that lives on the world, no one's going to worship him. So what benefit does it serve? You know, I don't understand. And you're telling me that these people are just chaos deities, you know? Maybe, maybe they are aliens and they want to kill off humans to then, you know, uh, take over. But I really, I truly believe that if there is aliens out there, it serves them no purpose to kill off human beings because, you know... We can. They can either teach us how to grow, or it incentivizes them to uh, form trade. They're probably like, "What are these beings, and why are they?" We're just no, no, we're done. We're not even yeah. going there. But it's like if you look at us, 
like imagine how we look at puppies you know puppies are adorable they are small and we have to take care of them and protect them i feel like that's how we would be to aliens whereas even if you get a dog that's like rowdy and kind of annoying you still love it because it's small and it doesn't know any better yeah that's humankind to aliens i feel like (laughs) and so it's like i don't understand what incentive cthulhu would have to kill off the entire human race then what you just have an empty planet yeah it's got to be some kind of other motive for him to want to do that i really just think he did cthulhu dirty here i really do Poor Cthulhu. <laughs> Seriously, though, I want that on a shirt. Um, so after learning about all of this, the investigator tried to meet with more people, but he was unable to learn anything more. After all this time, the police uh, still have the statue. Like, 17 years later, the police officer still has the statue. <laughs> so our narrator still, at this point, does not believe... And he tries to discredit um, Henry, the original guy who brought the statue the first time. Henry is still alive and has turned into a better artist. After visiting him, the narrator actually believes that he's being sincere, but thinks that uh, perhaps he somehow heard about the Cthulhu cult and just kind of threw on the back burner and forgot about it. And then he started dreaming about it. So the narrator thinks that, um, oh yeah, I just said that, sorry. The narrator is uh, beginning, to suspe- beginning to suspect that his uncle death, uncle's death was far from natural, and he thinks that he may have learned too much. Which I'm like, yeah, buddy, obviously no one just gets, like, bumped into and dies, what? Yeah, really. I was um, thinking that, like, the Henry guy was, like, some kind of prophet, because, like, he talks all about it, but, like, mm-hmm. he's got, like, no knowledge of it. Yeah. And, obviously, he, when he had, like, his issues, he was, like, other people around him were having dreams and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So, it's almost like he was, like, a vessel that just kind of, like, sprouted it out. And because yeah. he has so little knowledge, they're just like, okay, you can just stay there because you actually have no idea what's going on. We just used you for, like, 20 minutes. And now... We're good. (laughs) My guess was that Henry was accidental interference. So he was like, Cthulhu was trying to like project that to like his uh, prophets that are already around the world and like the people that worship him. He was like trying to be like, hey, look, listen to this. This is where I live. This is my house. Welcome to MTV, my crib. And um, Henry accidentally picked up on all of it was my guess. So he wasn't even supposed to get any of it. And then Cthulhu was like, oh, my B, my B, this was a private showing. I'm just going to cause you to you know have a little bit of a sickness for about a week and uh then you're gonna forget this ever happened yeah because he just like he had no knowledge like it was just like the statue he made Mm -hmm. and the dreams he had was like it and he was just like i don't know what's going on yeah i just had these dreams and look i can paint them and i made a statue out of it but that that's all i got here i know like he's not a threat like the professor uh, uncle was because he knew things Mm -hmm. whereas henry's just like riding the coaster of look at these cool things i saw i know um so part three the madness from the sea so as our narrator is visiting a museum that his friend owns or something 
Um, he happens to see a paper scrap in which he sees another sign of Cthulhu. So in this scrap, uh, there had been two people aboard a boat that was found. One man had been dead at least a week. The other man was clutching a strange idol that they found in the cabin of the ship. So it goes on to say that the survivor and starts going and talking about the story. The survivor of the boat had been thrown off course by a storm on March 1st and on March 22nd encountered pirates, question mark, uh, that told them to turn around. And when they refused to turn around, the pirates attacked the ship and uh, they had to kill all of the pirates to survive. So first of all, you don't have to kill everyone aboard. You have to take prisoners. Like that's the law to verify your story. Otherwise it's murder. You know, like <laughs> if yeah. no one's there to say, Oh, you know, uh, we totally had to defend our lives. You know, no one is going to believe you. You just killed a bunch of men. Like, I'm not going to be like, Oh yeah, you're totally innocent. You totally were had to do that. It's not just because they were in your way or that they had gold. Yeah, yeah I totally you, believe you that. You gotta have like some kind of like prisoner or some kind of like souvenir of yeah. like, hey, this happened. And yeah. Like you can verify it. Instead, they just roll up like with one dead guy and this guy holding a statue. Like, hi, yeah. uh, we're back. Yeah, he's like on a stolen ship too. It's like, so yeah, I totally believe that you had to do that. <laughs> Um, so they make their way to where they're supposed to go and happen upon a small island that isn't known to exist. Somehow, six men die on the island, two people trying to escape, one survives and remembers absolutely nothing. Allegedly. So our narrator makes his way to where this report occurred to see if he can find out anything more. Eventually, he finds out that the survivor of the boat and his, uh... The survivor of that boat incident has passed away from his wife, the only female in the entire story. So the man died like his uncle with no real cause of death that anyone could discern. Um, He was, again, jostled. As if that's an indication of death. I don't know. So... Yeah, it was like a bundle of papers falling from an attic window knocked him down. Yeah, yeah, okay. I've been hit with paper before, and I got a paper cut. I didn't die. (laughs) (laughs) It's almost like it would have been, like, a huge, like, ton-sized roll to be just, like, knock it out. I I wonder if he's trying to convince us that Cthulhu's killing them. Like, is that what's supposed to be happening? But even then, it's like, what incentive does Cthulhu have to kill people? You know? I, um... Because, like, it says... People helped him to his feet, but then before the ambulance got there, he was dead. So are so they secretly like, poisoning him? That was my thought of, like, because I think it said something about he thought that the guy that jostled the uncle had, like, somehow injected him or something and killed him. Mm-hmm. Because that would make sense. And then, like, you know, this guy gets hit by paper and, oh, these two guys pick him up, but then he's suddenly dead. Yeah. So, like, are they, like like the cult members and again what is like hey these people know too much and they're not part of us yeah like we can't have them telling things Mm -hmm. so we need to dispose of them because obviously as it keeps going like the sailor escaped Mm -hmm. from him so like 
he's obviously got a target on his back because he escaped anyway. (laughs) It's like they have absolutely no incentive to kill him. Like, what benefit does he serve? If he tells anyone what happened, they're just going to think that he's crazy. You know? It's not like they're at risk letting him live. So I really don't understand the incentive behind this. So... I don't know. Yeah, it it seemed weird, like mm-hmm. especially because he said he wrote in the document everything down, because you know no one was gonna believe the sailor's actual story, so he wrote yeah. it down and like locked it away, because he had to get it out somehow. Yeah, I don't know. Just yell it to the void, buddy. Like that's what the rest of us do with secrets. We don't write it down for anyone to find. <laughs> and then he's like, "Yeah, I wrote it in English so my wife wouldn't find out." Like. And she said to the guy in perfect English, hey, that man's dead. So she obviously spoke English. (laughs) What? Yeah. And who knows? I don't know. So, um, so yeah. uh, The man describes the island in his writing, which he never shared with the police. He says that geometrically, the place itself is said to be strange. No one can uh, seem to tell where the sea and the ground are, and the place seems to change your perspective. And while he was describing this, I can only think of that place that has a weird um, gravitational pull. Where Have you seen that? That video where everyone's standing straight, but it looks like they're standing sideways because of the way the gravity pulls? I think so. Yeah. Or like... Things will roll down on a flat surface, like picking up speed because the gravity pulls slightly the wrong way. I, I think I've like seen some of that, yeah. Yeah, that's all I could think of was that one of those locations. Uh, yeah, because he said at one point, like one of the guys running away, it looked like like the rock caved in, but it mm-hmm. was pushed out, so he like speared himself on it. I was like, that's an interesting island for it to be, like, so wacky that you don't know Mm -hmm. what way is what. Yeah, I don't know. It was really weird. What kind of shrooms did you guys consume when you went on this island? I was like, Bermuda Triangle. Yeah. So the sailors climb to the top of the island and find a giant door, which, of course, when you see a mysterious door, you open it. I know, right? L- logic. Oh, hey, look, a yeah. door. Let's just... Yeah. On this Hope freaky no one's island. Home. Yeah. We don't know how to walk on this island because yeah. we don't know which way is up or down, but let's open the door. Yeah, great idea. So something <laughs> comes out of the doorway, doorway, and I think... And then he says that this figure cannot be described because it's so terrible. And I'm like, oh, yeah, great. Like, that's what I want in my horror novel. Oh, it's terrifying. You just have to take my word for it. Yeah, what? no. We need details to make it horrifying. Yeah. Or, like, give like, you a few and leave out some. Yeah, like, oh, so I'm like, so scared. Of nothing. I really, it's just like, okay, that's fine. Yeah, that's what I wanted, I guess. So, <laughs> the sailors climb to the top of the island. Oh, wait, I already said that. Whoops. So, uh, Cthulhu, apparently, who cannot be described. And I think this man uh, drove through Cthulhu to escape the island. Like, is that how you were kind of understanding that reading scene at the end? Yeah. Like, he, like, it was, Cthulhu's right behind him, so he, like, whipped it around or, like, reversed Mm -hmm. it and, like, went right over it. So it, like, cut him apart. Yeah. But then he was, like, healing, but it took too long to heal that he was able to get away. Yeah. Was what I got out of it. And I was, like. 
Okay, so he can be killed? Like, he's being ripped apart. It's like, I guess, but I I always thought, like, my understanding is that basically they kind of describe him as being, like, gelatinous. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I guess you just have goo all over yourself now, and you're just going (laughs) to carry right along. Like, what? This doesn't make any sense. So, yeah. Our narrator, after reading all this, says that the world has been tainted and that he now knows too much and that the cult will find him and kill him soon enough. And then our narrator says that he hopes no one finds the story again. Like, destroy it after you write it, buddy. I know. If you don't want anyone to find out about it, you need to burn it. Like, that's the only way no one's going to know. Yeah, because, like, this whole island thing happened the same time as, like, the Henry guy was having, like, his breakdown. Mm -hmm. Like, it said, like, they were aligned. And then, like, everything just has stopped since. Yeah. So, it was, like... I think it's every year on these dates. Because it said, like, even going back to uh, the 2000... Uh, 1908 or whatever it was, 1907. It's every year on these dates, which of course the dates uh, coincide with my birthday. So I was like, oh, that's something I should probably unpack <laughs> later. Um, <laughs> what does this man have against Aries season? Anyways, um, yeah, he just like says that it basically happens every year on these dates and we should now be afraid of March. <laughs> I was just like, why is it just for, like, this small period of time? Like, I thought it was supposed to be he was awakening for, like, good. Yeah. And it's just like, are this... Because it mentioned, like, the stars have to align. Are they only aligned for, like, these few days that he's, like, allowed to, like, pop out and be like, hello, I'm back, and then has to go right back in? Because it's, like, the end of February through, like, the beginning of April, I think. Like, February 28th through April 2nd, I think he said. So it's, like, great. That's spring, a beautiful season of pollen and allergies, I guess. So um, (laughs) I'm not really sure what the problem is here and what you have against this wonderful weather that they're having. But uh, go off, I guess. Yeah, it was just like, I was like, I just didn't understand why he was suddenly out and about. And then he just goes back away when they're like, oh, it's going to be like. Ages End before he can come back again. Yeah. Just, like, why wouldn't if he was released into the ocean, just stay in the ocean? Yeah. And just go for it. Instead, he just goes back to his island and it sinks back below. Yeah. What's the benefit there? I like, was like, okay. <laughs> and I'm like, am I supposed to be scared? Because now I'm just kind of annoyed. Like, where was the flavor? <sighs> I know, it's like, if you're trying to scare me about the ocean, I'm scared of what's in actually in the ocean more than I know. <laughs> like, I'm already scared of there. There's giant <laughs> octopuses. There's that thing that has one light bulb on the top of its head. I, I'm afraid of that more so than I am of this gelatinous like, cube. There's enough in the ocean already that not, yeah. I don't need you to give me anything else. It, this doesn't <laughs> make me want to avoid it. Everything else does. Yeah, I'm like, okay... So there's that, I guess. We'll <laughs> unpack that later. A religion that you don't understand that you're just going to make generalized assumptions of, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> so that was The Call of Cthulhu. A honestly 
um, very white-centered approach to other religions, apparently. Like, I was expecting it to be so much better with, like, the horror and whatnot. And it's just, no. I know. I I was like, really? This is what we get to see. Flavor. I expect he chases a boat. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Great. (laughs) You woke him up from his nice little nap. Nap. I'd probably be angry too. Like I was out here sleeping, dreaming, communicating with people in my dreams, and now I am awoken into a random world of people screaming. Yeah. I would be kind of mad too. I get it. Like you've come to my island, you've trespassed in my home, and now you dare to leave. Like what? I'm going to say it once. I've I've said it once. I'm going to say it again. Poor Cthulhu. (laughs) Basically. At this point, this guy's just... He didn't even get a good story. Like, that's what he got. Yeah. And now you just leave out details. It's like, first of all, they call Cthulhu ugly. They don't describe him. All I can tell is he's got some, like, sweet wings and, like, a tentacle face. That's all I know about him. Like, I... And they call his body grotesque, like, first of all, rude. (laughs) He is a gelatinous cube. Gelatinous cubes uh, cannot be grotesque. They are gelatinous. There's um, some pretty good images online because, like, there's been a video game and such that actually I feel like do pretty decently, like, with, like, the scaly skin and whatnot. So I was, like, checking them out and it was like, okay, like... I wish we could have like actually like seen more of this dude in the yeah. story because it actually like feels like it would be some kind of like monster that you should be scared of <laughs> like yeah. when you go out at night this guy's just going to appear like out of the ocean and come get you like yeah this is what we got I'm going to be honest all I was imagining is a super adorable Funko Pop where they have the limited edition neon one and i was like oh he's so cute though he's so small and so i'm like the entire time he's describing it they're like grotesque scaly giant and i'm like but he's so small (laughs) 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 so now i'm like my perceptions warped on this little creature because i'm like he's just a little man Yeah, if you, like, look at, like, the photos, like, Google Images, it shows mm-hmm. some pretty good ones. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's what I was expecting when we're yeah. Not, oh, like, I'm just going to come at you like jello in the water. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, I'm not even scared. I'm just confused. Why is he jello? Yeah, really. Yeah. I was I was just expecting so much more of, like, the horror aspect. And I yeah. was just like... I think I scared myself more with TikToks about Wendigos than yeah. so, like <laughs> random nodding in the forest, you know? Yeah. I was like, okay, I'm more terrified to go on that app now and look at the things because I've looked at so many than I was of this story. <laughs> like, yeah. come on. <laughs> Literally, though. Oh, my goodness. Well, that was the call of Cthulhu. Thank you so much for joining me, Nova. Where can all the people on the wonderful internet find you? Uh, pretty much anywhere at Novasaurus Rex with two X's is me. <laughs> yeah. I'll put it in the show notes too for everybody that wants to see how to spell it. You know, <laughs> I don't know. I just sometimes I feel like I misspell things so easily that I just need to throw that in the show notes for anybody that's like me and can't spell to save their life. A lot of people think immediately it's just like the one X. 
Mm-hmm. But like when I tried to use it, it was that was taken. So I used the two X's, and now that's just kind of become a thing. Feel that. So. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me, and we will catch You're you welcome. all in the next one. Bye. Bye. <laughs>